Welcome to Quantum Journeys, a podcast where we explore the fascinating intersections of neuroscience, hypnosis, quantum physics, and the metaphysical. In this mind-bending journey, we will delve into the depths of the human mind, exploring the extraordinary abilities that lie dormant within each of us. We'll uncover the hidden connections between our thoughts, our emotions, and our created realities, and discover how to harness these connections to alchemize a life of abundance, joy, and fulfillment. So welcome to the Quantum Journeys podcast, numero uno, <laughs> where we explore the intersectionality of hypnosis and multidimensional consciousness. I'm Krista Marie Bowman, your host and founder of Quantum Journeys Hypnosis Academy, and I'm here with Jonathan Finn. Um, Jonathan, welcome, and I'm so glad that you're here. Jonathan loves learning about hypnosis in general, uh, whether clinical or spiritual, and he did train with Dolores Cannon's QHHT, your level two practitioner, yes? That's right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You also, I know you trained with Mike Mandel um, and Carl Smith, Smith, and that you're a big fan of the Jack Wins and Melissa Tears. Um, and of course, Quantum Journeys Hypnosis, which is where you first <laughs> caught my attention. Um, so welcome. And I would love to just dig right in because one of the things that you had mentioned to me was your interest in exploring and learning more about past lifetimes, other lifetimes, um, and finding strong synchronicities and activations um, with present lifetimes. And so do you have um, maybe a particular case study or client story or something of your own, an experience of your own that you would like to share with us that sort of talks a little bit about that? Cool. Yeah. Um, again, first of all, thanks for having me on, Chris. That's Absolutely. great. John. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I've always, we've always had a fascination with you know, the past life regression side in particular, um, as well as all the other kind of out there, the wacky stuff. Um, you know, it's all very interesting. Um, I find the past lives in particular, you know, so much of that stuff bleeds through to the present, as you know. Um, and again, a lot of that stuff, we say past lives, but they're really parallel. You know, mm -hmm. time-wise, time there isn't really, you know, we like to think right? as humans, we think of... I don't know, you know how much of that we should touch linear. upon, because, like, it's so hard for the 3D brain to understand that, right? So, but but yes, I totally get what you're saying. Parallel <laughs> lifetimes, all times happening now. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, much. for the purposes of our human listeners and, like, being human ourselves... Um, Absolutely. Probably just talk about past lifetimes and how they affect... Cool, yeah present situations but yes yes totally that's like 100%. a whole other podcast for another time the, the whole fourth dimensional minus time stuff After anyway stuff, go yeah. ahead <laughs> back into the side yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, even we'll just, just with the, the <laughs> even with like you know different past life stuff um you know how different issues can be kind of traced back to that how yeah. they can bleed through into this lifetime and cause the issues and people try all sorts of different you know techniques and modalities and stuff and yeah it might go for a while and then it kind of rear its head again and you know you go back do something else goes for a while then comes back and rears its head again right so this would be you a know. situation where you're helping them with maybe hypnosis or nlp or some sort of change work and hmm. they seemingly resolve the issue that they're coming to see you about but then yeah. it comes back and then you resolve it again and it comes back. And so that's for you, is that when you kind of go like, maybe there's some past life trauma that we need to address? Yeah. I mean, for, you know, in most cases, I wouldn't 
jump and presume that's you know this is a past life thing you know that's where that stems from i never presume in any of the work right, i do good, you know good. um they said i'm the guide you know so i'm not gonna go and presume oh i know it's this it's this based off you know other clients i may have had you know everyone's different and you know mm-hmm. i'll i'll defer to that person's unconscious or their higher self to give the information instead um but you know in cases again where you're doing something maybe more clinical or different modality and something goes and it kind of comes back you know, if you kind of ask a little bit more, get a little bit more info, you may find that it actually is stemming through to a past life or some other experience. And right. again, it's kind of akin to, you know, a weed growing out of the ground, metaphor time. <laughs> so, you know, a weed growing out of the ground instead of, you know, you can just chop the weed, chop the stalk or whatever you want to call it. The roots are still there. The root, yeah. Yeah, the roots are still so there. I'm going gonna... Gonna to throw like a little bit of a tailspin into this conversation because as you know, I do come at this from um, more of a clinical standpoint as well, mm. right? Yeah. But for people who aren't so sure about past lives or there being other lifetimes or reincarnation or even having an afterlife that, you know, that they're kind of like, mm, you know what, that just doesn't, doesn't jive with me. Um, and I was... I was one of those people for quite some time, in fact. But here's yeah. another way of looking at it. And this is something that like when I have a client who spontaneously goes into a past lifetime and it seems to sort of rock them a little bit, like, you know, we don't want them having an existential crisis as a result of actually getting better with, you know, Absolutely. whatever it is that they came to see us, right? <laughs> so what I say is that maybe, maybe your subconscious mind has just found a method by which you have permission to heal this. And so if the subconscious says, oh, this is something from a past life, it could just be a metaphor um, that gives the person a permission slip and allows their mind to go ahead and release whatever the thing is because it's past. It's in the past, right? And, And so because there's no way to quantify for sure whether or not Reincarnation exists. I mean, there's lots of people that have had their own empirical experiences, myself included. I've had a couple of near-death experiences. But since there's no way to quantify it, you know, maybe, maybe not. But the point of this uh, conversation isn't about proving it. It's about what happens when you have a client that does go into this other lifetime. They find maybe, say, the source of whatever the issue or the discomfort is and they address it. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so again, you know, there's lots of different cases. I mean, off the top of my head, um, so, you know, phobias, for example, some different ones. Um, I found a common thing seems to be with water. Mm. Just, there are some other ones as well, um, usually to do with fire, but water is a big one as well. Um, as far as like the uh, dying as a result of something that has to do with water? Yeah. So okay, okay, death, okay. again, from from going back to the past life, it's kind of how they died in that lifetime. And, that and so was, how might that present itself in the current life? Yeah. So one example is um, I was working with a woman who had a fear of waves. So again, not mm. something, you know, um, not something, you know, you'd, Water was fine, like, you know, water in a tap, water in a bath, whatever, but just waves. So, you know, she'd see maybe a picture 
of a wave or see a video of a wave and triggered a real strong kind of response. And she found that a bit strange. She was like, I'm, you know, I'm fine with running water, fine with everything else, but waves were a pretty big thing. Yeah. And yeah. she actually did come in for a past life regression session. That's just kind of, that was what she just happened to book in for. Right. So, Which isn't always that, the case, that, right? Sometimes yeah, people yes, are just like, I yeah. don't know what the issue is. Let's just go yeah. find whatever we need. But in her case, she intuitively felt like it had something to do with the past life. Okay. Yeah, she just happened to. Um, that wasn't actually the main reason. Um, she she you know she came in for something else, and oh, as part of intake, I generally yeah. Um, as part of intake, you know, I ask, do you have any fears or phobias? Just I tend to ask that anyways, just to know for you know different inductions and stuff like that. So that just happened to be there, but that wasn't why she came for the session. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we ended up obviously that came up too, but went back to past life, um, what came forward, what her unconscious provided to her from Atlantean times and mm. obviously what happened there. So to talk the about wave, that, what do you mean wave. what happened there? What, what yeah. happened? In, in so the with the, again, some people may, at may least not according know. to her. Yeah. According to her. Yes. And absolutely. maybe other clients. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, again, Atlantis was a long lost city. People may have probably heard about it, but basically what happened there was it was destroyed. Um, or again, that's again, what she brought forth during the session that it was destroyed and she was there. She was one of the many people that got caught up obviously when that was destroyed, but there's a huge wave coming in and it just kind of went bing. Okay. That's, I get it now. Mm, okay. So she immediately got the connection. Okay. Yeah. She, she got that connection and you know, from there forth, the wave. So she didn't have to do was anything. Gone. She didn't have to do anything other than just acknowledge that that was where it came from, and it just released automatically. There was no because I, I know in my own work sometimes um, acknowledging where it comes from just poof, it's gone. And other times you have to do more work. But in her yeah. case, it sounds like yeah, that was that was pretty much the chunk of it. As you said, in some other yeah. cases. You know, just knowing the why doesn't always mean something right. collapses. Um, that, exactly. In fact, that's in fact that's more often the case than not. You know, it's good to know the why, but you still need to do extra stuff. Um, I'm, a, but, I'm a huge fan of that. Yeah, I think sometimes digging into the why and only digging into the why mm. can have almost um, a boomerang effect. You know, yeah, because like, what happens if you know the why, but you still haven't resolved the issue and then you think wow i must be even more broken than i thought because i already know why i'm doing this but yet here it still is but in this woman's case Absolutely, it sounds like yeah. all she needed to do was just acknowledge it and then and I've, I've had that happen too but that's pretty cool when when it does yeah yeah that was like 90 percent of it she was like oh you know just kind of got that realization as well um I asked a couple more questions though afterwards um once she left that lifetime just, you know, connect with her unconscious, her higher self, just ask some more questions there, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. she pre she pretty much got it. And, you know, from there forward, it's like, you know, I can watch the waves, I actually enjoy it now. You know, she can go Beautiful. to the beach, she can see the waves coming in and enjoy it rather than get freaked out and run back to the car. So. And so let's talk a little bit about like, from sort of more clinical side, what happened there was she acknowledged that there was this um, traumatic experience that was in the past 
past life in this case, right? And maybe that's a metaphor, maybe not. But by acknowledging that and bringing it forward into her current consciousness, she was able to integrate um, the knowledge that this is this is back there. This is not right here. Um, and so what's interesting is that so we're talking about we're talking about things that seem to be more in a metaphysical realm. But if you look at within the realm of neuroscience, what you're doing is taking this situation that feels like it's front and center, right? And you're moving it to the hippocampus so that it knows that it's actually in the past. So it works on multiple levels. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And the higher consciousness, I don't know exactly where that, (laughs) I do know that I talk to it a lot, mine and other people's. I don't know. I feel like it's more like the cloud, right? You know, like we have access to the cloud. (laughs) So maybe the hippocampus is just like the, the, the method by which we get there. Um, but yeah, so so she found integration and Absolutely. then she was able to enjoy waves again. Yeah, pretty much. Thing. And you know, I'm glad you mentioned that too, as well, the kind of the clinical aspect of it, the neuroscience, because you know, that is obviously that's there too, the reintegration. Right. Um, even I think it's important for people to realize that it's not too. just right. It's not just a metaphysical woo-woo thing. Like there's, yeah. you know, um it 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 integrates it traverses several different mm, um, absolutely levels. changes you know, i've had brain. a client yeah. i've had a couple clients that also had past life atlantean memories and so that nice, gets nice. into territory of where you have multiple people who don't know each other who have similar past life memories mm. right so that does seem to suggest that there's there's more to it than it just being a permission slip a metaphorical but you know we'll leave that over here let people decide for themselves but um, in one case, uh, there was a client who remembered being a soldier working for the government, the Atlantean government, oh, knowing wow. okay. that the destruction was about to happen, being fully aware of that, almost um, participating and bringing it about, but kind of had last minute reservations and decided to join um, the revolutionaries instead. And they okay. all died of course, physically died anyway, right? As Atlantis sink. Um, But this particular client went through multiple lifetimes with a lot of guilt and shame. And once, um, once they had this past life memory, and then we had to do a little bit more work because this had been lifetime after lifetime of sort of digging it in deeper with the guilt and the shame. Yeah. Um, so, so we did have to do a little bit more work, but, you know, identifying what was going on and then asking the highest consciousness to help release the trauma at the subconscious level um, really seemed to do, just do the trick. Um, she walked out of that session uh, almost a whole new person. Like when she came yeah. in, she was just kind of hunched over, lots of guilt, lots of shame, some depression, all kinds of, you know, um, feeling unworthy. Um, and the guilt was interesting because she wasn't old enough to have that level. Like I, I felt like, oh, you're carrying around like the guilt of somebody who's lived this whole long lifetime of, you know, oppressing others. And yet you're pretty young. She's in her twenties. So yeah. yeah. Um, but isn't that interesting that we've had, we've had clients with similar. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. How about it you? Tends to crop up. Um, Atlantean ones or just in general? Atlantean first. And then if anything you want to talk about comes up, feel free. 
Yeah, so I think, did I have? I think I did have Atlantean ones and um, I think Lemurian ones came up as well. But again, that's kind of a little bit different, but kind of similar. But yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so Atlantean ones. Did you find that uh, you had any trauma that was associated with that and that you were able to release it? Or like in my case, I yeah. had, um, and again, it could just be metaphorical, but I had a past life memory where I was kind of doing what I do now, but in oh, Lemuria. Wow. Yeah. Nice, nice. I was using trance states to help people. And actually I had other people who had, it's it's kind of a long, interesting, sorted story that's gonna be in the book that I'm gonna put out sometime this year. But anyway, oh, wow. I had other clients nice. who had memories of me being there before I had a past life regression memory of myself there. But anyway, so apparently okay. I was this priestess and I was helping people with trance work to go into um, a state of trance when they went into a cave for three days as part of uh, some sort of experience through whatever spiritual practices that we had at the time, which I'm still unsure about. But anyway, um, and so that was pretty cool to have to have that. Yeah. But what I what I discovered, and this was this was how I discovered it. I was like, well, there doesn't seem to be any real trauma here to release. But you know, um, it would be pretty cool to bring forth some of those skills. Because guess what? I'm doing similar work in this lifetime. Yeah, so absolutely. why not? Right. Um, and so I did. I just I, I asked my higher consciousness, can 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 we do that? Is that okay? Like I know we can release trauma, but can we bring forth like necessary or helpful stuff? And it was like, yeah, good job, Krista. Why not? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <Figure> it out. <laughs> so excellent. Um, yeah. So I would love to uh, we could talk about, you know, the past life stuff forever and ever and ever. But I did want to touch upon some other stuff that you had mentioned. Um, you said activations and downloads um, from connecting with star family, spirit guides, ancient sites, uh, whether organically or through hypnosis sessions. And I am very curious about this. I have not had any situations like the organic sense where I'm physically there. Um, and mm. so, yeah, just let's open that up and explore it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that's another, that's another kind of, can of worms and stuff you know there's so much there as well um i suppose i've had quite a bit of experience with that both facil facilitating client sessions um as well as kind of in sessions of my own you know different stuff activations downloads um like that have uh, you physically been language to as well. like an ancient site where you experienced something like that not physically but within okay, okay. um within sessions Oh, so, I see. Okay. Going in the 4D or whatever you want to call it, or, or yeah. the imagination. <laughs> it's right. all good. Could, it's all the same. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, who's to say? And and just because something is in the imagination doesn't make it not real because everything is at the level of imagination, really, right? I mean, it is. If you're absolutely I this is just for our listeners, but you know, anybody who's ever suffered any amount of anxiety already knows how powerful the imagination is if you are worried about something happening and your body is reacting to it as if it's actually happening and then you realize that's 100 percent at the level of your imagination so there you go absolutely absolutely but um yeah i think one session one of the sessions that stood out was a personal one um like that it went to a past life so past life come up mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um in ancient egypt and so there was a site there kind of inside a pyramid but it was like a long 
was quite long. It was like a long kind of hallway. And at one point there was like a small tablet there. So like an oblong kind of tablet. And that was interesting. I ended up picking that up and there was a very strong activation slash download from that. Um, wow. Yeah, it was very, very powerful. Um, pretty, pretty intense, but a good, good intense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That, so that makes sense. were you aware yeah. of this at a conscious level, like what was being downloaded or did you just sense that it was being down, that something was being downloaded, something powerful? The sense. Yeah. I didn't, con mm -hmm. I wasn't consciously aware of what it was. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, and that, I think that's time, a really yeah. important distinction to make because um, yeah, there are, you know, when people have these, these quantum healing sessions, a lot of time, what happens is not going to make sense to the conscious analytical mind. Yep. And the conscious analytical mind is what, like, you know, it's so tiny. It's so tiny. Um, and yet, because it's the one that we use to make decisions and perceive life through, um, it thinks that it's in charge of everything. And yep. so oftentimes, you know, people will be like, well, that didn't make any sense. So therefore, I don't think anything happened. And then their life will start to change and they'll actually start to get better or they'll have new insights or they'll be responding to things in a more positive way or they won't be getting triggered anymore. But they still hold on to the belief that nothing happened because I don't consciously understand it with my tiny little 3D analytical mind, right? Yeah, 100%, 100%. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it's always interesting because I, I mean, I, I myself will pick up stuff like when I'm meditating um, or doing self-hypnosis uh, or the gateway experience, things like that. I'll pick up mm. all sorts of things and I won't know exactly what it is that's been downloaded into me, but I know something has, I feel it. And I get yeah. almost giddy because I'm like, I wonder what it's going to be. It's almost <laughs> like a gift that like you peel back a layer at a time each day, you know? Um, yeah. And I, and I, and I love that. I, I just think it's exciting. I do. Yeah. It's really cool. But um, yeah, that was, that's probably the strongest or the most profound one from a personal session. Um, yeah. Have you ever had ones where moment. like the person absorbs symbols into them? Yep. Yeah, yep. that's pretty fun. Um, often in the Akashic Records, it seems to happen, but um, I've had it happen with clients in, in other places where I think it's still interacting with the Akashic Records, but it's not presenting that way to their imagination. Um, but they'll suddenly have symbols just moving into their hands or coming into their heart, or they'll be breathing them in or swallowing them or they'll come down through their head. And they'll be like, yeah. I don't know what these symbols are. What does this even mean? And I'm like, <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Who knows? But <laughs> you're receiving and it's, uh -huh. and how does it feel? Like, does it feel like it's in your highest good? Yes. Okay. Then continue to proceed. Um, and I haven't ever had anybody say like, oh no, it doesn't feel good. They're usually just very curious. Yeah. What is this? <laughs> so, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Curiosity is so key as well in in, oh, an, in any in any hypnotic work. I'm a huge fan of curiosity yeah. for all of life. In fact, I think it is the um, the natural antidote to fear. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. So think good. about it. Like you know, if you're a little kid and you're going up to the diving board for the very first time, you have some fear, but you also have curiosity. Yeah. The day that you jump off is the day that curiosity wins out. 
Yeah. I wonder what it's like to jump off there. I wonder what it's like to hit the water. I wonder what it's, yeah, it's all that. Yeah. And then finally that like kills the fear because you're just so much more curious than you are afraid. And I think that is the case with any unfamiliar thing that we do in life, you know, absolutely. Um, Let yourself become curious about it. I remember when I first started, um, practicing hypnotherapy and I was so terrified, like, Oh my gosh, what if I'm not going to be good enough? What if I can't help them? What if I don't know enough? What, you know, what if, what if, what if, um, and of course that's all ego, that's all ego based. And it's not that I was walking around with like a big inflated ego. It was actually a very tiny wounded ego. It was the opposite (laughs) problem, but still ego. Right. And once, um, I moved into a place of being curious about what's going to happen in this session. I wonder what this client's going to experience. You know, the curiosity ended up being the thing that got got me over it. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it allows you as well, especially in depending on what kind of sessions you're doing, you know, QGH, for example, there's a lot of just questioning. So being curious lends itself very well to that too. Um, yes. You know, for Absolutely. receiving inf- information and helping the client go deeper into whatever experience they're having. So how long have you been at this? How long have you been um, doing sort of this more um, exploratory metaphysical type um, hypnosis or or change work? We don't even have to say specifically hypnosis because maybe you have other modalities that you're working with as well. Yeah, so um, I I find a lot of people tend to go the other way, but I kind of went backwards. Um, So I, I actually started with the metaphysical, the spiritual hypnosis, then later went back to the clinical hypnosis. Ah, okay. Yeah, so very cool, very cool. I, know, I find yeah. people tend to start with that and then explore that, but that's just how, how I ended up doing it. Well, but um, so you must have had an interest in the spiritual side um, yeah. from something. So do you mind if we pick your brain a little bit about that? Like what, yeah, what sort of absolutely. opened you up to that side of life, you know, the, the more sort of metaphysical or spiritual or woo-woo? Um, yeah, so again, I think it um, I think it kind of began with some kind of personal development stuff, self-growth stuff, um, a lot of that, and then kind of moved in then into the spiritual, the metaphysical side, just as, you know, kind of the rabbit hole you go down, you read one book, right. and you're you're like find similar people like oh oh and then you, you kind of go down that rabbit hole and i think the first book could have been like something like the secret or something in the kind oh, of yeah. physical one out, and what, then like in the 80s i think branches out yeah then just kind of branched out from there into uh, some different people um bruce lipton joe dispenza mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In, in in that kind of you know in that field um then came across who else couple of different people with Dolores Cannon. Mm-hmm. That that was kind of big of one. That was yeah. that was what got me first into I suppose change work you could say. So that was the first modality I studied and trained in. Exciting. Yeah. And uh, that was in twenty twenty. Twenty twenty I started that. And just kind of went from there really then. Um went back, started going through the clinical hypnosis stuff. So trained with. Um, so how do you feel it's changed your life? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I no, think no, no, you go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, <laughs> you've done the work with your clients and you've learned mm. all of these fantastic tools, both uh, sort of woo as well as the clinical. Um, yep. How would you say you've changed since you first started studying all of this? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely changes as you know yourself working with people. Mm-hmm. You can't not change. 
as well. You know, there's, um, I find especially with the more, as you'd say, the more exploratory hypnosis, you know, stuff happens in sessions that, again, it really does kind of bleed through. You really pick up stuff, whether, you know, whether you may be aware of it or not, uh, you're still going to learn stuff. You're still going to, still going to open your mind, mm-hmm. um, in ways that you might have thought very possible. Um, same with the other work too. Um, so I'd Would say you definitely say more. That you're a different person today because of all of this. Um, Absolutely, the studying yeah. and the different tools that you've picked up than you were like in say 2019. Absolutely, yeah. It's the, you know the last three years, especially three four years, just been. Uh, so I'd say pretty different, yeah. Again, just from obviously learning the tools, using them for yourself, doing the self work, which is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you have to. That's keep actually that something there. that I was talking with somebody about this morning. <laughs> Because um, we were talking about the self-work and and she's like, I have spent so much money on all of the courses in the self-work. And I'm like, but are you doing the self-work? Yeah. Like you can't just throw money at it and then like ex- accept, expect that like through osmosis, you're suddenly going to get all of the changes, <laughs> right? Like you have to actually do the things. So like if it suggests Absolutely. that you start your day off in a certain way, it's not good enough to just pay for the information to do that. You have to do the stuff, right? So it was kind Absolutely. of funny. She was like, you know, from her perspective, she was she was like, well, I have done it. I paid for it. <laughs> How come I yeah. still feel bad? And I was like, maybe use the tools. Um, but so, like, I, I this is something I just really want to touch upon because I found, like, with myself, I've changed so much mm. um, just through doing the self-work and then of course working with clients um, because I noticed, and maybe you have something to say about this too, but whatever sort of thing that I'm going through in my own life, emotionally or energetically, I start to yeah. attract clients that are like yeah. s- going through similar stuff. And at yeah. first it used to give me such bad imposter syndrome because I was <laughs> like, I haven't figured this all out. How can I possibly help them? Right. But I would be maybe just like a few steps ahead. And mm. as long as I was a few steps ahead, that I could still help them because, like, you know, I'm just they're just right there. It's not like I'm way over here. Um, and and then it helped me too because then you know we would both be moving forward, and I would see their progress, and I would see mine, and it would just you know, um, just for me, I've I found that I have a greater sense of inner peace. So like the world around me. There can be chaos in my environment, but it doesn't take me with it all that like it used to. I used to feel like I was on a roller coaster, and now I feel more like a buoy. You know, like the waves can be crashing, but I'm still just right here. Not always, but a lot of the time. So I would love to to talk to you about that. You know, how have you found that it's actually changed you? Yeah, I get that's even everything you said there. um, You know, about kind of having clients come to you who seem to mirror different stuff. That's you know going on in your life or that you're experiencing. So you found that that's, too. It's yeah. not just me. Okay. No, okay, no, good. no. Good. I'm sure other people probably find that too. But um, yeah, I found that right from the beginning, really. Um, and that's kind of what I touched upon earlier. You know, the stuff that you learn through working with other people, whether you're aware or not. You know, that really just all kind of builds up too. Um, yeah. So there's that, and then I suppose change as a person, I would say, similar as well. Um, definitely an inner peace, more awareness, not getting sucked into stuff. Um, you know, right. as people people might 
you know, watch the news, all that kind of stuff, and get sucked into it. Um, I suppose there's right. more space, more space between that. Yeah, I think. Yeah, um, the whole just uh, picking up of other people's stuff. You know, yeah. um, I, I don't, I don't tend to do that as much. So, you know, I want to yeah. talk talk about it a little bit because. There is a thing called the reticular activating system that people in mm -hmm. our field are familiar with and also people in neuroscience. Um, and so for the listeners, so the reticular activating system is the part of the mind where whatever it is that you're emotionally focused on, whether good or bad, <laughs> whether positive or negative, whether beneficial or harmful, whatever you're emotionally focused on, you will find more of it. So this could be likened to the law of attraction in a way. Um, it could also be likened to confirmation bias in a way. But the way that I describe it is, let's say that you're in um, a terrible mood and you have, you're obligated to go to some holiday party, right? We're right in between Christmas and New Year's. So let's just use this as the metaphor. Um, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, I don't want to go to this party. I've had a long day. Oh, I can't believe I have to do this. I have to show up. I have to let a, I'm just going to go find a little corner and nobody's going to want to talk to me. Nobody ever likes me. Like, I don't think anybody at this party is even going to want anything to do with me. And so you walk in, you're all sort of sad sack, right? And guess what happens? Nobody wants to talk to you because you're emitting that energy of like, stay away. I don't know. And then now you have that reticular activating system that is honing in on all of the people that are behaving in exactly the way that you expected, which is like, you know, they don't want to come near you. They're not interested in engaging in conversation. And because you were positive, you were going to have a terrible time. Now you have a terrible time, um, which is also confirmation bias, right? And also law of attraction, because guess what? You're just attracted to yourself. A crappy party. Okay. So, but if you, same party, just change that mindset around to, I wonder what's going to happen. I'm curious. Maybe I'll meet somebody new. Maybe I'll have a fun conversation. Maybe they'll have my favorite um, um, cheese platter. I don't know. I'm usually motivated strongly by cheese. <laughs> <So> <laughs> that's something that will get me to a party. Um, and so you just go there with curiosity and an open mind, and then you're going to find the glimmers instead of the triggers, right? Um yep. So when you're talking about, when we are talking about attracting clients that are going through similar stuff, that's that's the same thing, except it's happening at an energetic level. So because we now know, and I know people, there's going to be some listeners that are like, that's just way too woo for me, but whatever. If you've made it through past lives in Atlantis, I think you can stick it out for this. Um, <laughs> that energetically, we all have that field, an energy field around us. Um, that interacts with everything around us, right? And so maybe there's something about that, that we're going through something. And so therefore it's attracting others to us that are resonating with that same frequency of energy. So I'm derailing the conversation totally because you did touch it. We both talk, talked about like how we'll pick up clients that are going through similar stuff, hmm. right? And maybe this is one explanation as to why. And that um, I guess the main reason I wanted to point that out is because there are people like myself when it first was happening who suffer from imposter syndrome and think, oh my gosh, how can I help somebody when I haven't figured this out myself? But maybe the way that it's designed is so that we do attract people that are coming into our field because we're at that frequency. Okay, yep. I'm going to get off my soapbox and say, Jonathan, what do you think about all that? <laughs> 
<laughs> no, brilliant, brilliant points. I love how you brought up the, the RAS as well. Um, and again, the power, the power of that too. And, you know, I mean, the similarities there as well, you know, is it RAS, law of attraction, confirmation bias? You know, they're, it's really all, I feel like they're models or just whatever different you want lenses. to call. Yeah, yeah, exactly. they're just different, different perspectives, different ways to view it. But it's you know the end result is the same as you said. Right. Going into a, going into a party, thinking, "Oh, it's going to be crap. Oh, no one talked to me." And then, sure enough, that's your brain goes. That person's looking at you funny. They don't know. Yeah, they're, they're judging away. me. They, I knew yeah. somebody would judge me, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I know. And it's so funny that you know we don't actually know what they're thinking. So yeah. who's doing the real judging here? Just our own imagination, right? Because we're not psychic. Well, not everybody anyway. Maybe some of us are. <laughs> um, but there's something, um, the law of attraction. This is one of those like sort of controversial prickly things. Now, my personal belief or feeling or, I, I, you know, I hesitate to say belief because every time I think, oh, I believe in this, then something comes and smashes it to smithereens. So I'm going to say yeah. um, it seems highly likely that. The law of attraction is based on what we were just talking about, but it's not just what we want. It's where we're at, like what we're, what we're believing about ourselves, what we're expecting. And so mm -hmm. if that's the case, that means we're, it's always happening. It's not, it's not something that we can like push a button and go activate law of attraction now. Right. It's like, yeah, always happening, whether harmful or not, whether beneficial or not. Um, so that's just my, like what I've sort of concluded. Um, what's your take on, if somebody were to come up to you and say, hey, Jonathan, what's all this law of attraction stuff? What, what would be your sort of go-to? How would you describe it? I mean, it's, it's pretty much the same as what you just said there. It's not, it's not just, you know, especially if someone comes across it the first time, they might think, oh, this is interesting. I'm going to start using it. No, you already have been. <laughs> whether, you're, whether you're aware or not, you know, and everything up until that point, you've created, you've attracted, or you've, you know, just put out there unconsciously. Right. Yeah. Whether, you know, um, so again, if shifting it back to the other lens of the RAS, you know, if you're having issues in life, like, oh, this is, you know, this is awful. I hate my job. And then you go around and blah, 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 and all this stuff. You notice all the reasons why you don't like that job each and every day. Yeah. And you become more and more miserable there because that's yeah. what you're focused on. Yeah. 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 And then it'll probably seep out and spread to other areas of your life too. Yeah. Again, as you, yeah. as you want, as you water that plant, you know, it grows and grows and the roots reach out into other areas. So again, as you mentioned, you always are using it really, whether you're aware or not, there's no push button that you could just hit and start using it. So, yeah. you know, why not use it for good? Why not change your and life? And it has not? virtually nothing to do with how much you want a thing. Yeah. I've noticed that. Yeah. Um, that in fact, fact, I think it could push it away. Are we yeah. going to say the same yeah, thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're like off. really, really wanting $1,000, oh my God, I really need that $1,000. I want that $1,000. That's coming from a place of desperation and absolutely. fear and anxiety and scarcity. And so looking at it from the standpoint of reticular activating system, if we're coming from a place of desperation, fear, anxiety, and scarcity, that's what we're going to be noticing and pulling into our lives because that's what we're noticing. We're afraid. Oh my God, what's going to happen if I don't get it? And now we're noticing yeah. that out in the world, right? Yeah. I'm yeah. just amplifying that. Yeah.
Yeah, so, so um, what is your sort of, do you have a niche? Not everybody does, but do you, do you have a particular niche that you, um, like when somebody comes up and says, hey, Jonathan, what do you do for a living? What's your, yeah, what's your um, so, yeah, so I wouldn't say I have a particular niche. Um, you know, as I said, I do, I work with kind of both ends, you know, the clinical and the spiritual hypnosis. And so I just mentioned really, I do both. So I know a lot of people do specialize and they only do one or the other. Um, for me personally, I think, you know, it depends on, I really just find it depends on the issue. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, that the person comes to you for. And so based off that. Do you have any thing, particular, like, um, I guess, ideal client or like who, who typically finds you? Who do you find yourself helping the most? Yeah, so I find myself helping a lot of a lot of anxiety clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in regards to that sort of stuff, um, anxiety, I'd say trauma release, and then also on the kind of more spiritual side, that people kind of also want to explore. So different stuff like that, maybe past life regression, or different stuff. You know, they want to connect their higher self, receive answers, um, different things like that. So they they would probably be the main ones. And people looking to enhance their spiritual connection as well. That that would be kind of the main the main thing. But um, again, you know, if someone wants to quit smoking, I'm not going to go into the super spiritual. So, well, you could still, but you know, I've it, it depends. You know, different different tools for different jobs. Exactly. Yeah. Um, if you're dealing with so that's something kind of that's how purely at the level of like habit, you know, yeah, the absolutely conscious and habit, then you can deal with it at that level. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's, again, that's kind of how I, that's kind of how I roll with things, um, mm -hmm. go with issues and just really use the tools for the job. Um, as I say, if every, if your only tool is a hammer, everything starts to look like a nail. So right. exactly. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I think flexibility, um, and just dealing with the person in front of you. Um, and do you do most of your sessions online or in person or do you kind of do both? Yeah. So or? online, online, mm -hmm. pretty much online. Um, okay right through yeah and you know i think it's peaked such a huge amount since you know 2020 yeah as well but um yeah. so predominantly online and so what is um what's a typical um length or duration of, of a session for you like let's say you have a new client um what can they expect when they when they step into your virtual office so let's step into the virtual office so usually i have a I have a call with someone first. Um, I see before we've worked together just to just kind of get a feel and well, the first off that I can actually help them or rather help them help themselves. Right. Yes. To yes. Resolve their issue or discover whatever they need to discover. I like um, that you made that distinction, by the way. Yeah. That you're yeah, helping them um, help themselves. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm always, you know, I'm always careful to explain that to everyone. I work with because there's still like people out there who don't have a whole lot of information about what hypnosis or hypnotherapy is, except for what pop culture has shown them. Yeah. Right. And so they're worried that, you know, we're going to make them bark like a dog or cluck like a chicken or, um, I don't know, get their um, bank account <laughs> password or something. Um, and I'm like, first of all, I'm not going to make you bark like a dog or cluck like a chicken unless that's therapeutic for you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it is. <laughs> 
<laughs> whatever floats your boat yeah but if it were a situation of like you know being able to yeah. like convince you to give me all of your um bank account information or something like i don't know that i would be living like this i think i probably would be living in like monte carlo or you know on somewhere a yacht else, yeah. somewhere right <laughs> <laughs> so i think we can uh, probably squash that 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 whole fear that um hypnosis is going to like usurp the client's willpower because that's just not yeah the not at all not at all so what no, do you uh, tell them when they ask about that what's your what's your response? yeah so you know i always say really that's that's the biggest thing a lot of people may have the mindset of you know hypnotist does thing hypnotist creates the hypnosis no as it's a loop so it's not a passive process so it's an active process between the two of us um yeah it's like a collaboration yeah totally yeah you know i always say it's again it's a loop between the two of us um you know it's 50 here 50 here i'll give the 100 of mine and you can give you know you have to give the 100 of yours it's easy but i'll show you how mm -hmm. you know so i can't i can't make you go into hypnosis but i'll show you how you can do it yourself and it's going to be easy for you so re really just reinforcing that and it's you know it's it's the truth that's that's really all it is um just a loop between the two of us working and so together. why would um it work more effectively to help a person make changes using hypnosis rather than just telling them to could you repeat that please i'm not sure why would it sure help a person like let's say somebody yeah. does want to quit smoking for example yeah um or biting their nails or you know some sort of little habit like habitual you know, thing yeah doesn't have to be a big esoteric thing. It can be just like something that's just annoying and nail biting or something. Weight. Yeah, right. <laughs> lose weight, whatever. Um, so having just a regular sort of talk therapy session where the therapist says, we'll stop doing that and, you know, find something else to soothe yourself with or whatever. Why hmm. do you feel that it would be that it's more effective to help the person while they're in a state of trance using hypnotic methods? Yeah, great question. I mean, as you know, so many issues, in fact, most, if not all, are, you know, going from that level, the subconscious slash unconscious level, whatever you'd like to term it. And again, you'll find that. Someone, Meaning that it's, it's just not something that's in the conscious, like tiny little 3D analytical brain that thinks that it runs the whole show, actually doesn't really know why you're doing most of what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Right? And, you know, if, if it did, you wouldn't be still doing it. Exactly. That's that's why the person seeks help, you know. Exactly. And again, it's not something a smoker, for example, you know, someone that maybe smokes twenty or thirty cigarettes a day. Before each one, they don't go. I think I'll have a cigarette now, and they put it out. No, they find themselves halfway through one. They're oh, you know, it's it's just autopilot. Same, someone biting their nails. They might be mm -hmm. staring off into space, biting their nails, and then they realize, oh, I'm biting my nails. Right. They didn't think. Now I'm going to bite my nails. You know, so it's. It's unconscious. It's yeah, the motivation something you don't think of. From you just else, do. Right. Yeah. Um, so again, the key so thing there is... so working with people at that level, you're like getting mm. right to where where it lives. 100%. Right? 100%. And yeah. yeah. making the changes there because if it's stemming from there, you can talk to the conscious mind all day and say, well, try this instead, you know, try making little carrot sticks and nibble on them instead. You know, okay. like it's, you're, you're not really, you know, it's just kind of, little kind of coping strategies here and there or like that old bob newhart episode do you ever see that old bob newhart episode where he he's a psychologist and um he has a, a woman in his office and she has all these issues and he's just like well stop it <laughs> just stop yeah 
that's his that's his approach just we'll yeah. stop it just stop it yeah <laughs> anyway, yeah but so it if is, that yeah, worked then you know then everyone well, would yeah have a job <laughs> no no people wouldn't come to um and sometimes it is the case people kind of depending on the issue i'm like oh this is my last resort i'll go to a hypnotist or a hypnotherapist, which is kind of unfortunate in the case which yeah. is kind of unfortunate because you know there are some other great modalities out there for sure but um you know some of them tend to be slower um maybe not as fast acting and some people can regress too with the issues so like a little relief and way. regress yeah, yeah and it's it's unfortunate and oftentimes you have people i know i've had people that have been through different stuff for years you know maybe went to um counseling or different stuff and again mm -hmm. that's perfect it has its place it's brilliant yeah. and then you know we do forever two three sessions or whatever and they're like god why didn't i <laughs> why didn't i do this first you know um, again everything has its place well so i you know. kind of um look at it like i was in traditional talk therapy i had agoraphobia actually um and and so obviously anxiety because you know that's a given when you have agoraphobia um mm. and it was really really um helpful to have somebody to validate my experience and so I found that going to traditional talk therapy and having somebody say like, yes, I absolutely validate what you're going through. You are not crazy. Um, you know, this is something that a lot of people struggle with. Here's, you know, my information about it and whatever. And then just letting me talk about it because I didn't have anybody I could talk to about it, you know? Yeah. Um, and luckily I found somebody who was willing to come to my home because I was agoraphobic. So I couldn't really leave very easily, right? Um, but after a while, talking about it was no longer helpful. So at first it was because it was validating and I was finally able to like, oh, I can talk about it, like instead of just keeping it all bottled up into myself. But after a while, I would say after, you know, a few months, talking about it was kind of digging it in a little bit deeper. It was making it a little stickier. Like I would be having a perfectly fine day and then I'd be like, oh, I have to go to therapy I better figure out what we want to work on. What's what's wrong with me today? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of just having a good day, now I'm like, well, I better dig up some problem to have, right? So mm. then I'm like ruining a perfectly good day just so mm. I can have a therapy session. Um, and I did EMDR and I did all, I mean, all kinds of stuff on it, lots of different modalities. Um, but it was hypnotherapy that helped the most and within three sessions. So, yeah, yeah, just dug right in, rewired those neural pathways, helped me like reframe my perception. And yeah, um, there's yeah, th that's in fact why I dusted off my old, you know, <laughs> academic um, background in psychology and said, let's go do something with this. So, yeah. Yeah. And this Everything isn't about me. Sorry, reason. I just yeah. wanted to share why. No, no, that's, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's um, brilliant brilliant to know and thanks for sharing that it's yeah, yeah. that's a perfect perfect example um how about you, know, you? have too. you had anything that was specifically like um helped by hypnosis yeah so different stuff um like that too issues with anxiety before um from hypnosis definitely big change with that Good. Uh, just kind of goes again as you mentioned just right to the right to the root you know, you're not kind of and especially you know you were saying kind of talking about the issues you know at first it's great particularly if it's kind of been something you've been holding on to and now you can share it with someone you can be validate you know you can have your feelings your 
validated all of that but after a while you know it's again those neural pathways chisel chisel going deeper yeah. um then you're you're re-anchoring that every week as i said you could be having a great day and then all of a sudden oh yeah i have my therapy session oh what should i yeah and you go back into that mode and it's just hammering it deeper um and so even just a, the whole concept point, of like having to um feeling obligated to talk about what's wrong yeah. what's wrong with me what's wrong with me which keeps you focused on there being something wrong which yeah. kind of trains your mind to look for things to fix yeah. which makes you feel even more broken <laughs> yeah. back again back to the ras you know back yeah. to the ras there you're just retuning that recalibrating that, that every week or every system. two weeks or however often you know so i think at a certain point it's going to shift from that from the the why the why the digging the searching to the how yes you know, how will you break free of this how will you resolve this how will you start living a happier healthier life Absolutely. whatever it is whatever your goal is and isn't it so interesting that like I, I don't know about you but for me and i would say most of my clients if not all the natural human inclination is to go why yep yeah yeah and i mean i find myself doing it even now even though i have this vast toolbox i'll still i'll i'll have some sort of like behavior that i'll just look back and go like why did i do that what's up with it? like why am i you know instead of like wait a minute hold on it doesn't even matter like maybe maybe it doesn't you know chances are probably not especially if it's just a minor thing but like you know instead of figuring out why just how to move through it how to you know um i love that you that you made that distinction so I see that you have a YouTube channel and I wanted to ask you about that. What would yeah. we find if we went on to your YouTube channel and what is the, um, what is the name of your channel so people can look you up? Yeah. So the name of my YouTube channel is Jonathan Finn hypnosis. Finn so spelled with two N's, right? Two N's. Yeah. Okay. John. And I'll make sure that we put all of that information at the, you know, in the podcast episode so people can find it. But so what would we find there? Yeah. So again, that's a work in progress, but, um, recently started uploading just some session clips, session segments from different sessions. So there's some QJH ones in there, mm. um, some different some QHHT ones, different, um, different just kind of tips and tricks as well. So Beautiful. different things, how to, you know, how to break out of a negative emotional state. Um, Why don't I think you give us one? Let's, let's, yeah. let's have one. What's, what, what's one of your tips or tricks that you give? What's one of the ones that you give regularly? Uh, one of the most regular ones I give would probably be, you'd be familiar with the, the reverse spin or the backward spin, whatever you want to call it. So I find, like I'm not. So yeah, so, so that's, might not be. yeah, so that's, that's a great one. Um, again, there's some even, some even simpler ones, but I find, I like that one. It's pretty good. Um, you can do it anywhere, anytime. You don't have to do the hand movements. You can imagine it. Mm -hmm. So basically all that entails is if there's something you're feeling, say you're out, say you're, you have to go to the shop, the supermarket, and you're feeling anxiety about that. First, you want to take notice. Okay, where am I feeling that in my body? Just say, for example, it's in the chest. Okay, I'm feeling that in my chest. And just ask yourself, just notice what direction is that spinning in? What direction is that moving in? Is it swinging clockwise, counterclockwise? Take note of that. And then when you've taken note of that, imagine you can pull that out from your chest and just place it in front of you. And it's still spinning in that same direction. Then what you want to do is imagine that you can grab it, spin it in the opposite direction. 
spin it up faster and faster and faster and faster, spinning in that opposite direction. Then when you've done that, imagine you grab it, pull it back in to where it was before, and notice how it's changed. And that's that's pretty much it. It's quite quick to use. And normally when I show that to people, you know, I kind of say first, you know, you can use this anywhere, any place, anytime. Mm-hmm. And I do work a lot with anxiety clients. And almost as I'm showing, I can see they have the question already in their mind. And now I'll say it after, but the question is always, you said I can use this anywhere, anytime. But if, you know, if I'm in a restaurant, if I'm in a supermarket, I'm not going to do this in front of me. People, you know, people think I'm crazy. Um, that's most people have that question. Say, you know, you don't actually have to do the the hand movements. You can just imagine. You don't have it. to pull it out of your chest. You can just imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just imagine, imagine it drifting out, floating in front of you. Then imagine spinning up. You can even use your eyes going like this if you want. But mm-hmm, again, mm-hmm. depending on who's around, that might be too, you know. So again, just let it. Or just kind of close your eyes even. Just imagine it. Yeah. Imagine or even just close your eyes. Only takes a moment and then allow that to drift back in to your chest or wherever it is in your body that you are feeling that emotion that you want to change. And that's that's all it is, really. It's that's a beautiful one. That's a quick, good, nice quick, little easy. NLP um, neuro-linguistic programming tool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you ever encountered anybody who said that it's not spinning at all, like it's stuck? Yeah, but for pretty rare. What I do in that mm-hmm. case then is, you know, I just switch. Okay, well, what color? Mm-hmm. What color do you imagine it to be? And that always does the trick then. It's like, oh, what's, as long yeah, it's as kind you of, get some sort of movement some sort of, yeah. at the level of imagination. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And usually, usually I found, again, it's pretty rare that no one gets a spinning, but if, you know, if I ask, okay, what color do you find? What color does it feel like? Or what do you imagine it may be? Like, oh yeah, it's like a heavy kind of black, just for example, like, okay. And do you feel as if that's moving in any way? Yeah, actually it is. It's kind of moving really, really, really slowly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay, and then bringing well, in maybe another lighter color or something that feels lighter. Yeah, to help it. yeah, yeah. Pull that out, change that. What color do you want instead? You know, yellow, like the sun. Yes. Okay, change that. Put it back in. Notice how you know. Notice how that's changed. Um, so that's that's a really easy one to give. I wasn't asking you to stop you. I was asking you so that anybody who's listening to this, because um, there might be that one small percentage of, you know, the population yeah, absolutely, who goes yeah. like, hey, nothing's moving. And so just to give them another um, option. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, anything, you know, use um, colors, anything like that. I've, I've never had it fail with anyone. You know, if if the spin doesn't work, if they feel like, no, it's not moving at all, shift it to a color and you'll often find then if you focus in on it, it's moving in some way, or it may even be, you know, vibrating, just kind of buzzing a little bit. That's fine too. You know, you can yeah. take that, change that, or just change the color. Take it out, change yeah. the color, pop it back in, and notice what's changed. Yeah, so. beautiful. Or have it, you know, stretch it out and then shrink it down. Anything you can do to yeah. get movement in it, really. Yeah, absolutely, really absolutely. Because I think a lot of people don't realize that um, emotions live in the body. It's not just the yep. brain, right? You you might sure, identify yeah. it with your mind, but you can find it in your body. Um, and so working with it at that level, instead of digging into like, why is this there? What's wrong with me? How did this happen? <laughs> you yeah. know, you could just get the shovel out. Yeah, dig, right, dig, dig. Exactly. <laughs> you just be like, where am I feeling this? Oh, I'm feeling it here. And what direction is it spinning? Or what color is it? Or how heavy is it? Or what size is it? And just get something moving in it so that you can feel it shift out of you yeah yeah it's 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 a great 
game changer. Um, you know, some people might think a co more common approach, you know, someone might just trying to say for anxiety, for example, they might just try to talk themselves out of it because that's what they were told to do. You know, I'm safe. I'm this and that. It's, it's good too. It can work, but usually what you'll have too, while you're telling yourself, I'm safe. It's only the supermarket. There's no one going to be looking at me. It's fine. But then you have this other voice. No, it's not. No, they're all going to be, you know, right. so yeah. you, have, you have that, you have that other part. And again, it's kind of hard to just squash that. So dealing with the, the feeling directly, shifts that it shifts your perception yeah. it shifts everything and not giving it a narrative um i yeah. find that helpful um actually you know my daughter just was talking to me this morning and she was like i feel like i want to cry but i don't know why and i was like well then just cry and she's like but i don't know why and i'm like it doesn't matter why just cry don't need to yeah um, just yeah you don't have to have a why and i think also you know if we don't know why but then we go find a why now we're narrowing now now we're like taking a, we're creating a problem almost, you know, we're making it into a thing where it didn't necessarily have to be a thing. It was just an emotion that was temporary and needed to move through. Um, yeah. But now we're like, no, I'm going to grab it and I'm going to pull it apart, deconstruct it and analyze it, figure out what makes it tick. And I'm going to like, you know, and now you have a gaping wound instead of just an emotion that needed to flow through yeah. you. Where you could have just let it go and like the ebbs of flows, you could have just let it go and be done with it. Right. Now you have this. And I laugh as if like that's so yeah. easy, but I'm laughing because yes, I struggled with agoraphobia for 13 years. And you would think in those 13 years that somebody would have mentioned to me that you could deal with these emotions somatically at the level of the body, yeah. you know, um, using your mind, but to, to move it in, you know, out of you somatically, it never came up in 13 years of therapy. Yeah, it, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to come up in many other areas, which is a shame. Um, and I think because of how quick and how effective it actually is, there's this, there can be this element of, no, that can't work. That's, that's too, too easy. That's too, too yeah, simple. too easy. Yeah. Yeah. We need to complicate it because how I, could I you I paid know? for this? Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, all you gotta like do is just be like, well, is toddler. it gone? Did it yeah. shrink? Do you feel better? You know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be complicated. You know, the, the human brain might be very complicated, but I find that the mind itself is quite simplistic in how it, um, it, it moves towards pleasure and wants to avoid pain. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we don't really need to complicate it a whole lot more than that, do we? No, it learns best quickly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And it, it tends to be a, a bit literal sometimes, but you know, that, that can be fun to play with. Um, <laughs> so Absolutely. thank you so much, Jonathan. It was a pleasure um, just having you on this very first um, Quantum Journeys Yeah, wonderful. Thank you again for having me on, Chris. It was Absolutely. brilliant to chat. And I am going to put all of your social media links and everything um, in the episode guide, but I would love you to go ahead and just tell people how can people find you? So if they wanted to schedule a session with you directly. Yeah, so you could go to my website, which is www.jonathanfinn.ie. Um, then social medias as well are just Jonathan Finn Hypnosis. Okay. So and uh, any of those. is for Ireland? Yeah, yeah. So okay. a little bit of a funny one. Yeah. JonathanFinnHypnosis.ie. Okay, perfect. Or Jonathan, JonathanFinn.ie. Oh, just JonathanFinn.ie. Yeah. Okay, sorry and then about the, that. No, no, you're all good. And then the socials then are Jonathan Finn Hypnosis. Yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling that once people hear your voice and how lyrical and melodic it is and how um, just soothing it is, 
you're probably going to get quite an uptick in calls once this gets out there. Well, that's <laughs> assuming that people are going to listen to this podcast, but um, I'm going to do I'm my sure part and then you show yeah. up and do your part. And yes, yeah. Old <laughs> right. 50% back to that loop. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so much. It was no quite problem. an honor and a pleasure and right. I wish you well. And I'm going to thank you so much. Many happy returns, Krista. Well, thank you so much, my intrepid travelers. Did that last episode blow your mind? We journeyed deep into the intersection of quantum healing, the science of consciousness, hypnosis, and the metaphysical. And let's just say reality isn't always quite what it seems, is it? But fear not, there is much more to come. This is only just the beginning. Quantum Journeys podcast is your passport to mind-bending adventures where we push the boundaries of what is possible. So stay curious, stay open, and remember the power to change everything lies right there within you. We'll meet again soon on the Quantum Frontier. This is Chris and Marie Bowman, your Quantum Journeys podcast host. <laughs>